1: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. This week, we're looking back at some of the biggest stories of 2020, and there was no bigger story or more tragic than the pandemic. To talk about the coronavirus and how California responded to it, we reached out to epidemiologist and public health expert, Dr. Kirsten Bibbins-Domingo with UC San Francisco. She began by telling us what she thinks California did right in meeting the challenge of the virus, especially in the early days of the pandemic.
0: I think that what California has to be lauded for is their early response starting in the Bay Area, extending through to all of California. It was the right thing to do to, before cases got up very, very high, to really uh, shut down the way we needed to. It prevented the thing that we didn't see, the hospitals overloaded, the very high death counts. And sometimes you can get complacent thinking that, well, that was just a lockdown. It didn't really have the effect. It had exactly the effect. And we didn't see what was happening in New York, even though we have a large city like LA and many large cities across this very large state. We should get credit for that. We can talk about what's happened through the pandemic, but I think that early response still has to be really notable and and praised.
1: So if that's the good of California's response to the pandemic, what were some of the shortcomings? If you could go back several months ago and knowing what you know now, What do you think the state could and should have done differently?
0: Yeah, I think um, what we did well, these responses are never meant to be the final solution. They're meant to buy you time in order to put more things in place. So the few things that I would have done is to make sure the shutdown was longer and that we really driven our cases down to almost non-existent levels. Because then when we opened up, we could have done it safer I would have made sure that we invested in the things that are still hard to this day. We still don't have enough testing. The time, the time to test results don't come back quick enough. The data that we need to run everything as smoothly as possible, still not quite in place 10 months into the pandemic. I would have made sure that that's the case. And the thing that California has done, which is to focus on some of the equity issues, the communities that are disproportionately affected, I think we have done well, but not well enough. And I think that has been a lingering problem throughout this time, and it has only gotten worse in many areas of the state. We are the habit the of technology and data infrastructure. Why is it that we could not harness that early enough? to really make sure that testing and the type of information supports that needs to be in place to ensure that we get timely test results back, but that's not happening as quickly as possible. We have all the elements in the state, and we have done a lot well and a lot well together, but it's pretty clear that 10 months in, we should be a lot further along a type of infrastructure that allows us to make these important political and public health decisions together. Hmm.
1: So looking to the future, we're going to have other public health challenges, right? The usual stuff like the seasonal flu, and God forbid, maybe even something worse than COVID. Do you think living through this pandemic has made our public health infrastructure and really how we collectively as a society think about disease smarter and stronger to prepare us for what could be ahead?
0: Right. We all have now experienced um, what it is to have a public health emergency. And I think if we can take that knowledge and that personal experience and also the self-reflection of what went right and what went wrong and parlay that into investments into the infrastructure that we need to have in place to avoid or be better prepared for what will come down the road, I think that will be a a, a tremendous uh, benefit uh, from this crisis. I think, unfortunately, even the pandemic has taught us that we oftentimes get complacent when we have early wins, that it's hard to invest in things in the future if they're not staring us into the face. It's hard to be proactive and not reactive. And so um, my concern is that, um, that we will be anxious to get back to normal, and that urgency to get back to normal needs to be coupled with uh, a really strong need to take the lessons that we've learned and to to use that to invest in this case in particular in the types of public health infrastructure that suffered for so long from underinvestment and really is necessary if, if we in California are going to really be able to withstand the types of health crises that can come down the road.
1: All right. That is doctor and epidemiologist Kirsten Bibbins-Domingo of UC San Francisco. Thanks so much for your time and for your reflections on the pandemic.
0: Great. Thanks so much. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, offering professional-grade financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary, personalcapital.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com and Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968, licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at WaterHeatersOnly.com.
1: This past year, we've reported on the pandemic's tragic math. The raw numbers of people the virus has killed in our state but the numbers don't communicate a thing about the human beings who died so this morning we're going to tell you something about a few of the californians the virus took from us pedro zuniga of turlock died on april 13th at the age of 52. he was a devout catholic a soccer fan and loved cooking Mr. Zuniga also worked at a Safeway distribution center in Turlock, where more than 50 of his colleagues contracted the coronavirus. Julia Alexander of Upland died on April 2nd at the age of 81. Raised in the South during the era of segregation, Ms. Alexander came to California to find a better life as an African-American woman. She became a teacher and school administrator in San Diego and loved going on big vacations with her daughter every year. Len Fagan died on May 3rd at the age of 72. A one-time rock drummer, he became a promoter of bands and nightclubs on L.A. Sunset Strip, booking such groups as Guns N' Roses and Green Day. Upon Mr. Fagan's death, one music executive said the music scene in every town and city would be better off if they had someone like Len Fagan. And that's the California Report for Monday, December 28th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening.
2: Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years, or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well and die to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2000 miles. The Snap Judgment podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.